all my fears. He himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, in the Bible it says, he will never leave us 365 times. So you got that every day. He will never leave you or forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. For the Lord our God is the one who goes with us to fight for us against our enemies to give us victory. Thanks be to God. He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, can we praise him this morning? Come on, he deserves our best praise. Come on, the word says, let us come into his house to give him praise. Hallelujah. Come on, I dare somebody to praise him today. Yeah. Come on, are you victorious this morning? Oh, he deserves our praise. Anything is possible with him. Hallelujah. Are you an overcomer this morning? And there is no shadow that is ever overcome your life. And there is no rival that could ever stand against your mind. You've always been Show me one thing 
far more than conquerors who Christ who loved us. He loves us. Oh, how he loves us. He loves us. He loves us. He loves us. I've got a friend. Closer than a brother, there is no judgment. Oh, how he loves me! I've got a friend, he is my strength, he is my portion. With me in the valley, with me in the fire with me in the storm and all my
praise Him again and again. Cause all that I have is a
hands lifted or when there's a crime, something going on and law enforcement has to, to they get after someone and their hands are raised, they're in one of the most vulnerable positions in their life. There are circumstances that may ever be in your life. So I've been there. I know exactly. I've been in there. I know what it's like to have a valley season of despair and, and, and hopelessness. And the only thing you have to uh, that you have words to say is hallelujah. I will still trust you, God. Hallelujah. So can we do that for just one more time? Maybe that's you in here this morning. And all that you have left to say is just God. Or I just say hallelujah. Come on, can we just raise our hallelujah to you?
me hear everybody, if you would, everybody, just on three, I want everybody to shout, hallelujah. Would you do that with me? One, two, three. question today how many of y'all believe he is really how many of you believe he is the risen king I mean seriously folks how many of y'all would be willing today to put your life on the line armed gunmen came rushing in this building, lined us all up, and asked this question, do you really, do you really believe that this Jesus who died on a cross said he was dying for you to take away your sin, to give you hope of eternal life? Do you really believe that this Jesus rose again on the third day? What would your answer be? Because I'm going to tell you what, folks. I'm going to tell you what. I'd have to answer, bro, you're going to have to do what you got to do. But you will not erase anything from my heart. You will not erase it from my testimony. You will not erase it from my life. And if my final breath goes toward this, I will look you in the eye and let you know with every fiber of my being, I believe Jesus came, he lived, he died on a cross, and three days later, just like he said, he rose again from the dead. And today, he's alive and he's well. And today, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So do what you got to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let me tell you something. We may not have armed, armed guys running in here. If they do, they're going to have a little surprise because we got some armed folks in position to give them a little awakening. Yeah, we roll that way. We do have armed security in strategic places. This is one of the safest places you could be today in Scotland County, you and your children. So we may not have armed men, Miss Nancy, we may not have men coming here with AK-47s and AR-15s. But when you wake up in the morning, there are going to be devils yes. that are going to be waiting for you to wake up yes. so they can defy and deny your faith. That's They're going to bring adversity. Don't think it coincidence that crazy stuff happens. Behind it, there's a diabolical design. But I'm going to tell you what, greater is he who is in me than he that's in the world. So look, when those little imps of darkness when they defy your faith, I'm going to tell you what, here's, here's what I want to do. I want to sing it a little louder. Yeah. 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 
Limitless Worship Conference that we're going to be doing right here. And uh, I've been asked to speak to kick off that night service. And it was suggested, asked of me to preach, teach on some of the Hebrew words of praise and worship. And I'm going to do that. While we're on this thing, hallelujah. There, the, the Hebrew word used the most for praise. See, we, we say praise God. We just got one, one word that we think of. The Hebrew, the Hebrew uh, vocabulary, language, they had like eight words. So every word had its own meaning and own definition and own insight into what that praise meant. For example, the word that is used the most is the word halal. Everybody say halal. halal. Listen to what it means. It means to rave, boast, to celebrate, and to be clamorously foolish. Yes. <laughs> Let me explain that. See, I can bring the most dignified man in this room. But when you become a grandpa, your dignity will be gone. For example, on my phone over there, you, I, I can try to maintain my composure if I'm in certain circles. But let somebody ask me, do you have children? Yeah, we have four. Do you have grandchildren? Oh, yeah, I got five. Let me show them to you. And I will, I will sit there for the next 40 minutes just flipping through pictures telling you about Selah and Zach and Ezra, Ezra and Emmett and Levi. Because you know what? They got Papa Rab right there. You know what? I halal my grandchildren. I rave, I boast, I celebrate, and I sure don't mind getting clamorously foolish talking about them being like, I don't mind a bit. Let me tell you something. As much as I love my grandkids, let me tell you about the king of all kings. If I can halal my grandchildren, I am certainly going to halal the king of all kings, the creator of the universe. And I am not going to be, I am not going to be hindered, thwarted, scared, or denied to tell you how good he's been to me. So the word halal, rave, boast, celebrate, be clamorously foolish. If you want to look it up in the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, it's number 1984 in the Old Testament. That's how deep I get. But listen to this. It's halal, lu. Yah. Yah is the shortened form of Jehovah. Hallelujah means halal Jehovah, the self-existent God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, but he gives the name Elohim, the judge. I am is the same as S on the end of a word for plural in the Hebrew. So it's the triune Godhead. He's Elohim. But listen, in creation, when God's creating stuff, he uses the name Elohim. But when it gets to where he starts creating man, he doesn't use Elohim. He uses Jehovah. Because see, Jehovah is the relational God. He's Jehovah, the great I am. He wants to be your great I am. Because he loves you. No matter what you're going through. We've sung about it today. We sang about it. He will not leave you. He will be right there with you. Even Jesus said that he will never leave us nor forsake us. How many of y'all believe he's an awesome God today? 
Would you just close your eyes and in some way would you just say hallelujah? Oh, hallelujah. I rave, I boast, I celebrate. I am clamorously foolish in my praise to you, almighty God, Savior of my soul, the lover of my soul, the redeemer of my soul, the lamb of God, I celebrate you. God, I, I am clamorously foolish in my praise to you. I don't care who's watching me. I want to set an atmosphere for you to move in. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, if somebody's filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, why don't you let the Lord just cause a new song to be birthed in you? Come out in the spirit realm right now, hallelujah, to change the atmosphere, to unlock a new season, to open a door for where you are right now, that your purpose may go to a different dimension right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Lord God. Father, we speak healing over this sanctuary today. We speak healing over this sanctuary. God, we understand that in Scotland County, there's been a spike in the last few weeks of COVID, but we are not going to cower. We are not going to shake. We are not going to be intimidated by this virus anymore. We stand up like a holy bunch of people, like the firebrands of God, and we say, COVID, we rebuke you out of this region. We bind you up in the name of Jesus Christ, every cell, every cell. God, we speak healing over your people. We speak a fiery wall of Goshen's protection around your people. In the name of Jesus, we speak healing. We speak healing at this time of the season over flus and respiratory stuff. We speak healing over cancer right now in the name of Jesus. We speak healing over heart issues today in the name of Jesus. We speak healing over people's minds, over people's broken hearts. Hallelujah. If you believe he's a healer today, I want you to give him a praise in this room. Would you do that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I sense the Holy Spirit is saying he's wanting to do a creative miracle in some folks today. And I, and I see this as a skeletal thing. I see bone and I see cartilage and, and I see ligaments being made completely brand new. Come on, if he created you the first time, he has no problem creating something in you a second time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think according to the power that works in you. To him be glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If God's been good to, to you, would you do me a favor? If, if you want to maintain no contact, social distancing right now, that's up to you. But would you at least, if you want to high five somebody, I'm good with that. If you don't want to, I'm good with that. But at least point at somebody and tell them. Do it to three people. Tell them he's been good to me. 
Tell him, he's been good to me. somebody say he's not telling me anything I didn't know already 
I bless you today. It's good to be together in the house of the Lord, is it not? God is an awesome, awesome God. He is good to us all the time. I want to welcome those of you that are with us online. So uh, you know what? If you're in a hospital room on vacation, riding down the road at work, whether you're with us live or you're archived later, uh, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, uh, what else have we got? Roku, yes, and uh, Christian World Media, and the podcast that will come out, boom, about midnight tonight. Be ready for folks tomorrow to listen to at work. I want you to, wherever you are, I want you to get in the mode of worship and receive, because you know what? You don't have to be in here. There's a special anointing that is in this place, but uh, Pastor Michael... Pastor Michael, tell them the other week when you and Miss Mandy came in from the doctor, when you had that situation going on with your eyes, y'all came in and turned this, this uh, worship time on. He said it was like the anointing of God just hit him right there where they were in that room. Because you know what? God is not confined to a building, y'all. So it's all about your mindset of receiving from him. But there is a higher degree of anointing when we come together corporately. But you know what? Look, here's the thing. I mentioned that spike, COVID spike a minute ago. Some folks don't feel comfortable coming and being in crowds right now. So they, they want to be safe and stay home. Look, we are totally cool with that. Remember, I am the last pastor that's going to be after a church growth thing for nickels, names, and noses. It's not about numbers. So you know what? We want you to be here to receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But... If you are not in this building, nobody's going to condemn you and nobody's going to make you feel inferior because, you know what, sooner or later, COVID is going to be a thing in the past. Amen. I just want to say this. Don't get lazy on God watching it on your phone or your TV. I want you to put, if you're at home, I want you to put as much energy and effort in worship and receiving, taking notes and whatnot as much as you were, as you would be right here in this building, okay? You will get out of it what you put into it, all right? I love y'all. God bless you. Who is this pretty woman? Oh, that's my wife. When I grow up, I'm going to marry somebody just like her.
And holy God, we certainly do receive the word of the Lord from you today. And God, I pray you to give us the boldness, the confidence, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding in your word of, as you just said, we would decree, we would declare what your will is for us in the earth. We will not be tossed around by the waves and circumstances of this world. We are here to declare the will of God. And we will do that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, welcome again to Northview Harvest Ministries. We are so glad to see you today. With that, we're going to let our children be dismissed to Children's Church right now. Come on, guys. Let's give them a big hand as they go. Yes. We want to thank you for being here, whether you're online, as my husband said, or in a congregation today. We are so glad to see you. And if this is your first time with us, if you'll open your bulletin, there's a form that says first time here, and it just tears off very easily off the back of the bulletin, and you just fill that out, and we actually have a gift for you. So if when you leave today, if you fill that out and go out these doors to the right, there's a welcome center, and if you'll take that form to the welcome center, you will be given a gift and some information about the ministry. So we hope that you will take advantage of that. We would love to bless you with that and so that you can learn more about Northview. So um, I want to give you a few announcements. Make sure that you read your bulletin, y'all. We have a lot going on in the next few months, a lot. Um, we have a conference January, February, March, and April this year. So as my husband said, coming up this week is the worship conference. We're very excited about that. We encourage you to be here and enjoy that. Enjoy all the wisdom that you're going to glean from that, all the insight. Maybe you'll be able to understand why we worship and how God wants us to worship more. So we're excited about that. Um, in, in February, we have our Refresh Marriage Conference. We're very excited about that as well. We have friends that work with, um, uh, my goodness, my mind just went blank. Let me find it. Anyway, they work with Family Life. So Rebecca and Billy um, Altman, they're coming from Arkansas. They're coming from Arkansas. They're going to be here with us. We're so excited. So it's $50 a couple. So we're going to have a great time. we got a lot planned for that weekend, for that Friday and Saturday. And we just want you to come and enjoy it. It's going to be great. Then we have our first Love Fire Women's Conference in March with Beth Stevens. How many of you know Beth Stevens? She is... Fire works great for her because she's a little fireball. So we're excited about that. That's March 10th and 11th. And then we have a men's conference April 28th and 29th with Pastor Glenn Walters from Judah Church in um, Charlotte. And that's where a lot of our young couples go to their um, marriage conference every year. So I can't help y'all don't get excited like we do can't help it. I guess he took that as a personal challenge. I don't know. What do you think? Anyway, it worked. 
So we got lots of great, great things going on. We want y'all to be a part of them. Um, make sure that you read your bulletin, y'all. Lots going on. We don't want you to miss out. So um, we do these for you to give you opportunity to grow spiritually. And um, so you invite your friends and family to these events. It will be great. <clears throat> so it's time to give. Y'all are a little more excited about those conferences. It's time to give. Yes. <laughs> you know, we can't do those conferences if you don't give. <laughs> so, you know. But anyway, we um, thank you for all of you that do give here to Northview Harvest Ministries. If you need a tithing envelope, our ushers are coming forward now. If you'll raise your hand, they will get one to you. Um, we know that a lot of people like to give online these days. And so if you'll check the screens, we have many ways for you to give online. I see a few hands up. Make sure they get the... Um, tithing envelopes however you give we thank you for being obedient to the lord and giving to northview harvest ministries we can't do what we do without you giving and you know god loves a cheerful giver and i believe that we are cheerful givers and that we give with all of our hearts so you give your tithe and whatever god lays on your heart to give to the ministry if you will stand we'll prepare our hearts to give as our band plays for us this morning your smart device out, share the video from today, get it into people's lives, get it into their homes, let it cross their paths so we can get the word of the Lord into people's direct paths. some love for their great ministry they're not just playing they're prophesying
See what I was talking about in Papa's being wrapped? There's your good example right there. Father, we thank you today for the tithe, your tithe that's been returned to you. We thank you for the offering that has been given out of free will. God, you said you would honor the tithe and the offering, and we ask for nothing more, nothing less than you do what you said in your word, that you would open heaven, you would rebuke the devourer, that you would pour out blessings upon us. That's why you said, that's what we look to. You're a God who does not break your word. You are not a man that you should lie. You do not change. So we honor you, and we honor your word today in Jesus' name. And we declare there is an abundance in this house. There is an abundance. Come on. There is. Give him a praise while you're seated, would you? I need I need to say one more quick thing about the uh, the worship conference on Thursday. Look, this is not just for people who play instruments. This is not just for people on a praise team. This is to help you go deeper in your personal worship. And you can say, look, we're doing it Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. If you come Thursday, if nothing I say Nothing I show you, because I got some tricks up my sleeve for Thursday. If nothing that is done in this sanctuary, don't shake your head at me, Jeannie. If nothing that you see or hear in here on Thursday night moves your heart to come back Friday or Saturday, that's cool. But at least be here Thursday night and see what the Lord will say to you, okay? Now, we have a special treat for you today. The blessing is I'm not preaching, Oh, some of y'all would be happy about that. Y'all like, I'm going to get warm chicken and not send my warm chicken today. We have not a guest speaker. We have a lady who is a part of this ministry that is a fundamental personality in what happens at Northview Harvest Ministries. She is our outreach director, director of outreach at Restoring Hope Center, and uh, she has been a blessing to us. Pastor Faye, would you make your way on up here? Yes. She is a woman of God that I have the utmost confidence in. And the 30-plus years that Kim and I were away from here pastoring in Rockingham and uh, then in Charleston, then in Columbia, anytime Pastor Faye would call me on the phone and say, Pastor Tim, have you got a minute? Yes, ma'am. I feel like the Lord has given me a word for you. I would stop whatever I was doing. If I had somebody in my office, I would run them out because this woman hears from God. She has a sensitive ear and a tender heart toward the voice of the Lord. I love to just listen to her talk because she can say more by accident than most folk can say on purpose. That's the truth. Is that not the truth? Would you one more time stand up on your feet 
And let's give God a thanks for the gift of Pastor Faye Coates. I stand amazed at the goodness of the Lord, his gracious mercy in my life, for his help and his strength, for all that he does for me day by day. I'm grateful, and I'm grateful for this house. I want to take an opportunity at this moment to, to be able to express my heart to you for all of those who were so gracious and kind and giving during Pastor Appreciation Day. Let me say thank you. I'm believing the Lord to multiply that back to you in the way and in the season that you need it most. I also want to thank you for those of you who were so gracious to remember me on my birthday. I'm so thankful and appreciative for every gift, for every kindness, for everything that has been shown to me. I can tell you the absolute truth. It's undeserved, but I'm grateful that God thinks I deserve that. And that's because of what Jesus did for me and for you. So let me say thank you. I'm so grateful and appreciative. And I want to say this morning in beginning that I have a word from the Lord for us this morning. There are many things that preachers and pastors, evangelists, prophets, exhorters could say about the word of God and all of it would be a blessing because his word will not return to him void. But it's a little different whenever you have a specific word for the people of God. And I believe that I have that this morning. And if you'll just give me just a few minutes, I will do my very best to be able to express that to our hearts this morning. The title of our message this morning is, God is saying to you, to me, I see you. I see you. I see you, I see you. Online congregation, God sees you. He knows where we are. He knows what's going on. Nothing, Pastor Blees used to say all the time, nothing has ever occurred to God. He didn't wake up one morning and say, oh, that has never been on the face of our Creator. He knows everything, everywhere, all the time. And this morning, he wants to speak to us. I want to read just a little bit from the book of Isaiah in chapter 49. Isaiah 49, verses 13 through 15. And it reads, Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. But Zion, that's a word indicative of the church, but Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me and my Lord has forgotten me. And God replies, can a woman forget her nursing child? that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb. Yes, they may forget, yet will I not forget you. That is an amazing statement to me. 
There are some people in this room this morning online and elsewhere that will hear this at a later time that you feel like that even your mama has forsaken you. That you feel like that the world as a whole has just left you out and counted you of no consequence or of no importance. There are people that are in this room and online and elsewhere that will hear this message that feel like that there's nobody that even sees you, that you are invisible and that no one cares. But God has sent me this morning to tell you and to tell me and to tell everyone that is in listening distance, I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you right where you are in the circumstances that you are in, in the situations that you find yourself coping with. I see you, God says. Then in Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 8, God is speaking here to Joshua and he's saying, And the Lord, he it is that doth go before you. He will be with you. He will not fail you, neither forsake you. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Reiterating what the Lord has said to us this morning, I see you. Ladies and gentlemen, we are, are living in uncertain times. We're living in those days just prior to the coming of the Lord. Last week, Pastor Tim delivered an amazing message that spoke to our hearts about the importance of being rapture ready because everything that has been prophesied in the Word of God has certainly come to this point where we've got to realize, we've got to see, we've got to be aware of the fact that we're closer than we have ever been to the coming of the Lord. It's pictured in Matthew 24, verses 37 through 39. The word of God says here, But as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and being given in marriage, until the day, until the day, that Noah entered into the ark to the very day, to the moment when that door was shut tight and closed, not to be opened again until they arrived on dry ground. And they knew not, talking about the people who had been preached to for 120 years, that this event was going to take place. They knew not until the flood came and took them away. And the word of God says, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Can I submit to us this morning, we have had far more than 120 years for this message to have been preached. We've had it preached for millennials now. Thousands of years have elapsed and this message has been preached here we see in this first scripture where Joshua is taking the children of Israel into the promised land. God had told him 
and had told Moses that there was a land that he had prepared for them, a land that flowed with milk and honey. It is symbolic or indicative of the land that we're expecting to go to eternally, a place where there will never be a tear, where there will never be a heartache, where there never will be a pain. There will be no degenerative disease there. We're going to have a brand new body, full and capable of anything that we desire or want to do. And our heart and our desire is going to be the will of God to praise Him eternally through the ages. How long is that? There is no end. So there's not a time limit set on that. But can I submit this morning that as the Lord was speaking to Joshua about this event and as he was speaking uh, to us today, he wants us to understand he sees us. He sees you. He sees me right where we are in relationship to the forthcoming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And can I say this morning, it's alarming to me that so many are not prepared and are not ready to meet the Lord. We have substituted so much in our life because of the need to be seen that we have gone at it in all the wrong ways. We have gone at the desire for people to have a f- affirmation for us, for a desire to be in our fellowship and be in our company, and we have left out the very one who will make possible for us to leave this world in safety. We've substituted so much. Ladies and gentlemen, it's heartbreaking when I think about it. So many are looking for someone or something that will make them noticed, acknowledged, affirmed, and loved. But they're looking in all the wrong places. And they're trying to achieve this in all the wrong ways. God says this morning, I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. And I am all that you need. I am more than enough for you. God Almighty, the creator of the entire universe and beyond, designed humanity with the need and the desire to be noticed, the desire to be acknowledged, the desire to be affirmed, the desire to be loved. But all of that begins and ends in Him. Every bit of that begins and ends in Him. Because you see, the person that we are so desirous of being able to see us, the person that we're so desirous to be a part of our inner circle, the person that we desire to be a part of our group is just like you and me. They're human. And there is an end to what they can do. No matter how much your mama loves you, no matter how much your daddy loves you, no matter how much your uncles and aunts love you, no matter how much your kinfolk love you, no matter how much your friends love you, no matter how much your group, your entourage loves you, there's coming a time when they are going to be limited and are not going to be able to do in our lives what we need done. And there's only one that can do abundantly above all that we can think or ask. There's only one that can fix us when we're broken. There's only one that can pick up the pieces of our life and put them back together.
together. He's the one that will be walking in when everybody else is walking out. He's the one and only true and living God, the one that we must look to. Ladies and gentlemen, even if we feel like no one cares, no one is concerned, and nobody even recognizes that we're alive, the Lord says, I see you. Longline congregation, the Lord says, I see you. Jesus told us plainly what to expect in the last days. The world that we're living in is just vividly described in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. It says, Paul speaking to Timothy, you should know this, Timothy. Put your name there. You should know this, Faye, that in the last days there will be difficult times. Can anybody say amen to that? We are in difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. He's describing the world that we're living in right now. They will be boastful and proud. They will be scoffers at God, disobedient to their parents. Interesting that he would put that in there because we've got a generation now that will say anything to their parents. And whenever we were coming up, if we did that, we might be missing a few things. You understand what I'm trying to say? It's interesting to me in this chronology that the Lord would take the time to put that, as it were, a footnote to what he was saying. Disobedient to parents and ungrateful. And ungrateful. No matter how much you give, the more is wanted. No matter how much you sacrifice, more is expected. They will consider nothing sacred. I can remember a time when people would not even think about walking up on the church grounds and saying and doing some of the things they do when they walk up on the church grounds. And the church said, Amen. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will, be, they will slander others and have no self-control. Anything goes. And don't tell me that I cannot do that because I have my rights. Well, according to what the Word of God says, our rights are confined to what the Word of God says we can do. I don't care what Congress says. I don't care what a sitting president says. I don't, what, I don't care what uh, the Republicans or the Democrats say. The word of God is the authority in the earth, always has been, always will be. It's the truth. We could go back to the time when Madeline Murray O'Hare and those that were in cahoots with her had the audacity to suggest that prayer should be taken out of our school and let's see how that's worked for us. We got a generation of children going to school now that will say and do anything in school. We'll talk to their teachers as if there's something under their feet, like they've got a bad attitude, a bad heart, a bad spirit. They'll look at them and they'll slander them. They'll talk all kinds of junk about them and dare them to do anything about it. How did that work for us, leaving God out of it? Beloved, I want to say to us this morning, God sees us. He saw it when it happened. And
The word of God goes on to say they'll be cruel. They will be cruel and hate what is good. We're living in a world where good is bad and bad is good. We're living in an upside down world where people will say anything they choose to say to anybody they choose to say it to and dare you to do anything about it. That's the world we're living in. They will betray their friends. Young people, middlers, elderly people, anyone here and online, be aware of the fact that that buddy that you think's going to stick by you through thick and thin, given the right set of circumstances, will turn the other way and forget they even know you. But God sees you. God sees you. He sees you. He sees me. They will be reckless. Reckless. There are people that will do things just to have the thrill of it, not realizing that any moment in what they're doing, their life could be snatched out and they would be in eternity unprepared to meet God. They will be reckless. They have no fear. I despise that, that, that sticker that I see in people's windows. No fear. Can I tell you what the Word of God says? That the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We're to fear the Lord. We're to reverence God. And when we have no fear, we're prime target for the adversary of our soul to reach out and to try to snuff our life out. We need to be fearful and we need to be reverentially concerned about what God says and about what he does. Amen, Lord. They will be puffed up with pride. I got it like that. You can't touch this. Have you heard it? We've all heard it. Can I tell you right now? That arrogant, prideful, haughty spirit, the word of God says this. Pride will go before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. That's what the word of God says to that. And yet, we're living in a generation in which so many people don't recognize how important it is to be able to see that. It goes on to say, they will love pleasures rather than God. It's just easy to go on down and do that thing that we've been planning to do to the neglect of what we need to be doing in the kingdom of God. I'm not berating anybody and don't go away from here this morning feeling beat up. But can I tell you, it's okay to take a vacation. It's okay to be out of church because we've got something that we're doing with our family. It's okay for those occasions that come along when there's special holidays and special events and things that are happening. But can I tell you this right here? When it becomes the habit and the norm instead of the exception, there is a problem with that. Because it won't take long before we stay away from the fire long enough that we will grow cold and indifferent and unconcerned and we will not be mindful of the things of God. God sees you. God sees you. God sees you. God sees you. God sees me. We've got to stay close to the fire. The word of God goes on to say they will act religious. Oh my. If there's a sin that God hates above others, I don't know that he hates any above others. I've never read anything in the scripture that indicates that. 
But speaking from a human perspective, a religious spirit is a dangerous thing because it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck. It waddles like a duck and it's got feathers like a duck. But can I tell you, it is not a duck. It's a person in a duck suit. Because whenever we've got something real with God, the Bible says, these signs shall follow them that believe. I'm looking for the signs that indicate that we're believers. What kind of signs? Not just that we lay hands on the sick and they recover. Not just that we pray for the dead and they arise. All of those are wonderful and magnificent. But can I tell you some signs that we haven't really maybe paid attention to lately? Signs that we don't do what we used to do. We don't go where we used to go. We don't hang with who we used to hang with. We don't say all of this stuff that we used to say and we are not a part of all the things we used to be a part of now ladies and gentlemen I understand that this might not be the easiest thing for me to be preaching about this morning but the man of God told me I could take liberty in the Lord and the Lord downloaded this in my spirit so I've got to say this morning that this is what we need we need to be reminded we need to be reminded what happened to Israel in this first part of this story? Here they are in Babylonian and Assyrian, Medo-Persian captivity. Why? Because they forgot the truth of God's word. They forsook his laws and his commands and they found themselves in a gigantic mess. Far cry from the second lesson there where Joshua was taking them in by the power of the Spirit of God into the land of promise. What happened between the time they went into the land of promise until they were taken into Assyrian and Medo-Persian and Babylonian captivity? They left God out of the equation. And that is exactly the way that we are looking right now in the world that we are living in. Don't talk about the Lord. That is not politically correct. Can I tell you, they're just going to have to get over it. They're just going to have to get over it. Politically or correct or not. Whenever they're still trying to legislate this and that, we'll be singing on the hills of glory because we chose to obey the word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if I'm going to get through with this or not, but I'm going to do my best. This, what we've just read, is an absolute description of where we are right now on planet Earth. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 2.10, 2, Anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work. Can I tell you, I used to be a workaholic, and some might say I'm still that way. But can I tell you right now, when it's time to go home, it's time to go home. Here Solomon said he denied himself nothing. But we read, as we read a little further on in this account, in Ecclesiastes 1.14, it says, Behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. He didn't deny himself anything, but he came up empty and he came up hollow. And the world that we're living in now, 
don't want it to be denied of anything. I want it now and I want it right now. Do not make me wait. If I get in that drive through line, you better be ready to serve me. And if you don't, when I get to that window, I'm going to tell you exactly what I thought about that whole situation is the attitude of the world. Go to Walmart anytime and sometimes you can see our sanctified brothers and sisters. Well, I'll just leave that alone. But God says, I see you. I see you. Ladies and gentlemen, we cannot afford to leave God out of the equation of our life. Because there is a sure and certain judgment. Pastor Tim illustrated the second coming of the Lord very well last week. Excellent, a home run sermon that it will take place in the twinkling of an eye. That's faster than that's faster than me changing hands with this microphone. That's faster than I can speak. That's faster than anything that we have ever experienced in life. When he comes, Pastor Tim said last week, there's not going to be a warning bell. There's not going to be one of those air raid signals that goes off that lets everybody know. Jesus is in the clouds getting ready to call his obedient children home. No, it's just going to happen. And according to the scripture, for some, it's going to be while they're asleep. He illustrated it by saying two will be in the bed. One will be taken and the other left. We do know that our planet is revolving around our sun, right? We know that. So half of the world is in darkness and the other half is in light. It may be that on this side, in this country, it may be for us while it's nighttime. We cannot afford to leave God out of the equation because, you see, God sees us. No matter what we do, no matter what we try, no matter what we involve ourselves in, it will always come up short. No one can give us what God does. People are doing everything imaginable to be seen. Why? Because God has been left out of the equation. They're trying desperately to find something that will satisfy that longing in their heart for contentment and peace and grace and mercy. And they think that it's to be found anywhere other than with the Lord. Why is that? When God called Israel out of Egypt, Moses specifically instructed the children of God that when they sat at their dinner tables to rehearse the things that they had experienced in the deliverance out of Egypt. In today's time, it has almost become uncommon for people to even sit down at a dinner table. They're all over the house and say, well, Faye, you're meddling. I'm just trying to tell us something. 
This principle was set down by God for the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. It was placed in the Bible as an example to us. When we're at the dinner table, it's time to have conversation with each other, not on the cell phone. It's time to talk to one another. It's time to tell our children that there's a God to serve and a hell to shun. It's time for us to tell our grandchildren about the goodness and the mercy and the love of God. People sit in the house and text one another from room to room. Can I tell you right now, I have a problem with that and an issue with that. We have become impersonal. We have become unconcerned. We have become cold and indifferent, callous, and our hearts have been made out of stone because of technology. So if I you against technology, absolutely not. I thank the Lord for technology. I give God praise for technology. But technology, I have. Technology doesn't have me. Amen. We've got technology right now. People all over everywhere are watching this broadcast. And I thank the Lord for it. When the Easter offering came up, I promised you my pledge was right there for this technology. I thank God for it. But there's only so much that technology can do for us. Can I tell you, we've got to have a real relationship with God. And parents, Grandparents, can I tell you this? You need to be sitting down with your children and your grandchildren and you need to be telling them how you overcame whatever they're faced with right now. You need to be able to tell them how you made it through whenever you were in a situation that only God could deliver you from. You need to be telling them all of the things that they need to hear that they can exercise faith and trust in God. They need to be able to hear it because you see it's not enough to see it on a recording. They need to see it walked out in shoe leather. They need to see you. They need to see me having overcome all of those things that we were faced with that gives them hope that they can be overcomers as well. Can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I don't just want to read it in a book. Although I love this book more than anything on this planet, his word is equal to his presence and there's nothing I love more than the word of God. But can I tell you, there comes a time as human beings when we've got to see something. God sees you. God sees you. God sees me. And we need to see somebody that is victorious in the Lord that is walking it out in shoe leather and is able to speak to us about the overcoming power and ability of God in us. In Philippians 2, 13, it is God that works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That it's the Lord that enables us even by putting the desire in us for more of him. Desire in us for the right way. People are looking for everything to satisfy that comes from this world and nothing satisfies. People want to be noticed. They want to be seen. But God says this morning, I see you. You know, people will put on things, clothing, both men and women. Don't think so, old man. Hold tight, okay. Just hold tight. They put on things that brings a subconscious sense of internal shame. 
just so they can be in the latest fad and the latest trend, just so they won't feel left out, that they won't feel like that they're not a part of, even when it brings shame to them. You know what I'm talking about. Can I tell you anything that we put on ourselves that draws attention away from God and righteousness and holiness we ought not to put on? And the church said, people will lie and deceive and appear to be something that they are not just so somebody will see them. I'm this, I'm that, I live here, I live there. I've got this, I've got that. Just because they're concerned about the opinions of people, they value the opinion of their friend. They value the opinion of society more than they value the opinion of the one who has the power not only to save and to deliver, but has the power to cast the soul into hell. We value the opinion of our neighbor, the Joneses. Have I said enough about that? Sometimes we make posts on social media that are inappropriate, inflammatory, and crude just to get attention. We'll say anything because bad attention is better than no attention. Can I tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, it is not so. The Word of God tells us that we should be careful what we say. There have been all kinds of things that have been incited and stirred up. All kinds of drama that has happened. Because some people cannot live a life without drama because they've got to be seen. But can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, we are seen. God sees us. Adults and youth and kids acting out in all kinds of ways so that someone will see them and act like that it matters and that they care. Being loud and obviously obnoxious on a phone and talking about somebody or talking to somebody that is in the earshot of everyone that we are around just so that we can be seen. There's such a sense of hopelessness in people's hearts and in their lives because they have gotten so far, so far away from the truth of God's word that they will do anything. People getting involved in illegal, unethical, immoral activities just to be accepted, just not to be left out. Can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, God sees us. And we don't have to involve ourselves in things like that to be accepted. Though no man go with us, we can go alone because he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will never cast us aside. Even when Israel was in this predicament, he assured them that even when the mama left them, he'd be right there. People who have so many deep wounds, Hurts, abuse, mistreated, traumatized, ignored, and overlooked. Expressing hostility and violence and rage and revengefulness, even criminally speaking. Because they're saying, see me, see me, see that I've been hurt, 
See that I've been traumatized. See that I've walked down this path. See, can't you see? You're all around me and you can't see. So I'm going to do things to make you see what's going on. But we're going at it in all the wrong ways. And ladies and gentlemen, some people feel like that if they're just perfect in everything, that they're just successful, if they have money, political position, standing in the community, a part of a group, a part of the in-group, in control of everything and everyone so they don't feel vulnerable. Can I tell you that it's not the way to peace and that it's not the way to life? God says this morning, I see you. He told us in Psalm 55, 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. He said in Romans 8 and 28, we know that all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord for those who they're called according to his purpose. In Psalm 94, 14, the word says, the Lord will not forsake his people. He will not abandon his heritage. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the word of God says, no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. I had a lady to stand in my office one day and tell me nobody had ever been through what she's been through. This scripture knocks that in the head right there. Ladies and gentlemen, if you feel like you're the only one that's been through something or been through the thing that you're going through, be assured that this scripture tells you there's no testing, there's no trial, there's nothing that has ever happened to you in your life or me in mind that it's not common to man but God is faithful he will not allow you to be tempted or tested or tried beyond your ability but will with that testing make a means of escape that you might be able to bear it. That sounds like a contradiction in terms. Can I tell you, God doesn't intend for us to get out of everything. He wants us to walk through some things. We got to walk through it to gain strength. The only way muscles are built is through resistance. The only way steel is of any value in the structure of a building is got to go through the fire and be tempered in order to have the strength to hold this structure. And you and I are going to go through some things in life. But can I tell you, the Lord's promised us that he would be there. But here's the bottom line to all of this, and I've got so much more. At the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, We've got to turn to the one who has the real answers. It's not your homies, young people. You didn't think this old woman knew that word, did you? Can I tell you, I know a whole lot more than I'm letting on. You can't tell everything, you understand. But I promise you that God has the voice and he speaks. And we think we've got things hidden. Can I tell you, there's nothing hidden. It won't be exposed. There's no activity that we're involved in trying to find somebody somewhere at some point in time to say, I care. God is the ultimate lover of our soul. There's no one that compares to him. 
There's no one that is equal to him. There's no one even worthy to be put in the same sentence with him. He is God all by himself. And he is able in your situation, young person, he's in your situation, older person, he's in your situation, older, older person, he's in your situation, elderly person, he's there all the time. And he is the source of our hope. Stuff is going to happen. We're living in that world. But can I tell you, countdown to heaven is in front of us. Countdown to heaven Countdown to rapture is in front of us. Stop looking to everything and everybody and look at the source of life. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I won't lie to you. That's what Jesus said. You can't always trust that people will follow that. But if we'll look to the one that is able he will never disappoint us. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you this morning that God sees you. God sees me. And no matter what kind of a mess that we have got ourselves involved in, he's the way out. No matter what circumstance we may have found ourselves being tied to, He's the way out. No matter what we've said, no matter how many checks we have written that we cannot cover, He is the way out. He is the provider. He is the provider. And this morning, right where you are, online congregation, and right where you are in this congregation, let me say to us, right where we're seated, He can give us the desire within our heart to come back to the heart of worship. You see, worship is nothing more than a song if it's not from the innermost being. Well, maybe I'll try that one more time. Worship can be no more than a song unless it's from our innermost being to where we bring adoration and glory to God. But the God I'm talking about this morning no matter what kind of jam you've got yourself in, he can get you out of it. No matter how far you've gone, He's going further than that. Before you ever got there, he's already been there and has already made the provision for what you and I need. He does not throw us away. You see, in the very first scripture, he told Israel, he said, no matter what you've done, and you've done a lot, you've turned away from me, you've denied me, you've lived a religious life, and you've denied the power thereof, he said, but I will not leave you and I will not forsake you. I will be there in your midnight. All we have to do is cry out to him and say, Father, forgive me. Open my eyes and open my heart and cause me to see the things that I have not been seeing. Philippians 2.13, life first for this year. It is God that works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You see, you cannot live this life. I cannot live this life for the Lord. It takes God in me to live it. It takes the ability of God in me to make me want to desire the things of God. And it's free. All we have to do is ask for it. You see, he already paid the price because we owed a debt. 
that we could not pay. But he paid a debt he did not owe because he sees you. He sees you. He sees you. He sees you. And he sees me right where we are in the middle of everything that we're involved in. So right now, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I want to give us an opportunity this morning. Online congregation, right where you are, the Lord is speaking to you. Right now, this morning, is an opportunity to make a brand new start. It's an opportunity to be able to have a do-over. Isn't that amazing how good God is? And if you're in this congregation this morning, in this building, or online, and you recognize that you need to turn back to the Lord, now is a perfect time to do it. If you're here this morning in this congregation, it is not an intent to embarrass you or make, put you on the spot, but it's important that we openly acknowledge our need for the Lord. So if you're here this morning and you need to get some things right between you and the Lord, or you have wandered so far away, you need to come back to the Lord. Or maybe you have never accepted Jesus as your Savior. Now's the time to be able to say, Jesus, I need you. And if that is you, would you just lift your hand in this congregation this morning and say, Faith, I need to come back. I need to give my heart to the Lord. I need to make things right between me and Jesus. If that's you this morning, while no one's looking, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if that's you, if there's a hand in this congregation, there's a heart. Amen. God sees those hands. God sees. He sees you. And right now, right where you're sitting, just begin to ask the Lord. Jesus, I realize I need you. I'm in a situation that I don't feel like I can get myself out of, but you have touched my heart today. And I'm willing to allow you to change my now and to prepare me for my forever. And I submit myself to you. I surrender my life to you. I give my all to you once again or for the first time. If you're at home watching this broadcast there, you have the great privilege right there to do the very same thing because God sees you and He will meet you right there. So Lord Jesus, you have seen these hearts, hands that have been raised and people in the online congregation that are crying out to you this morning. I'm believing right now in the name of Jesus that you touch hearts in a way that they will be forever changed that you do what only you can do and that you draw us as a congregation, you draw us as the people of God back to the heart of worship, back to the place, Lord, to where we're sensitive and intuitive in your spirit, back to where we have that sense of knowing that we are seen and that we are affirmed, that we are loved and that we are appreciated, that we are valued because the truth is, Lord, you're the only one that can give us that in the way that we need it. Now, Father, I submit every individual to you today. 
I submit myself to you. Congregation, let's say together, Lord Jesus, I reaffirm my commitment to you to follow you, to obey your laws and commands, to look to you because you are the author and the finisher of my faith. I lay my life down fresh in you on your altar. I surrender all to you because you are Lord of all. And I thank you today for what you have made possible in your birth, in your death, in your burial, and in your resurrection. And today, I declare you as Lord of my life all over again. In Jesus' name. today. so glad for that today. Anybody else? Yes. Let's let's uh, show the gift of God, Pastor Faye, some love, and let's give God thanks for her today. And look, as you go out today, don't forget, don't forget whatever you go through, whatever stuff happens, you know, good stuff, bad stuff. Remember what the Lord said to you today. He said, I see you. That's awesome. We might need to get a t-shirt made. Quote, I see you. End quote, God. Y'all show Pastor Michael some love. He's going to dismiss you guys today. Have you been blessed by the word today? Amen. 
God sees you. No matter what you're going through, he sees us. And I'm thankful for a God that is personable enough for me that he sees me right where I am. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we bless you today. We thank you for your servant, God, that has given us the word from the heart of you today, God. God, we ask that you take that word, that it would stew in our hearts, God, that it would stew in our minds, God, and let us know that we are seen by you, God, that you care about us so much, Lord, that you would look in our situations, no matter how messed up they are, God, that you would look in the midst of our circumstances and say, I am right there with you, that you would never leave us, that you would never forsake us, that you are always there, no matter how rough it gets, God, that you always see us through. We thankful for that today. God, we bless these people today. God, as they go their separate ways, be a fire in their hearts that is let it be set ablaze God with your power with your anointing God so that you might get the glory in their workplaces in their homes in everything in every place that they go God that they would be blessed of you and that the fire of your Holy Spirit would burn deep so that others would come and be in contact with that and want to see and want to know what they have God and God we bless them today in the name of the Father Son and Holy Spirit Amen and Amen be blessed guys we love you